you're tuned in to the Eye on Global Politics radio show. Coming at you live from the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley. Broadcasting around the world on eyeonglobalpolitics.com. Here's your host for the next hour, Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. And thank you for joining me today here on the Eye on Global Politics radio show. It's Wednesday, September 13th. Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. It's a beautiful day in the Willamette Valley, and I hope it's a beautiful day where you're at. And today we're going to be discussing poverty rising in the U.S., at least the poverty rate from 2022 came in, and all that aid from the pandemic, the aid, uh, the child tax credit, the other programs ending really rose poverty up. New York Times reported poverty increased sharply last year in the United States, particularly among children as living cost rose and federal programs that provided aid to families during the pandemic were allowed to expire. Why were they allowed to expire? Uh, there, there's all these excuses about, uh, I mean, programs that were working to have child poverty that that worked, that were proven to work to alleviate poverty among children. And people in Congress just said, oh, uh, no, we, we, we're going to end this and put these kids back into poverty. Why? Because uh, their parents have to work harder. Because we think it's will increase laziness. What? What? Meanwhile, they're just giving money away to Ukraine to carry on a proxy war. In fact, I, I saw another article that talked about, actually it was in the New York Times, as Ukraine aid benefits their district, some House Republicans oppose it. And this article, it was just using the age-old propaganda argument that defense spending is important because it's jobs, jobs, jobs for the district. And that's what they do. They hold it over the American people, the military industrial complex and saying, well, we need massive amounts of military spending. In this case, Ukraine aid, because it's jobs. And and in this particular case, they're detailing a small town in Texas that this, these plants, these producing, I, 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 think they're producing shells, artillery rounds. Yeah, and it's going to produce 125 jobs, create 125 jobs. When we know, we know that that there are many other better ways to create jobs than defense spending, more responsible jobs. In fact, there was a 2019 article in a study in The Nation magazine that said just that. That Pentagon spending is a poor job creator. And it starts by saying, there they go again. Against strong evidence to the contrary, the Trump administration is touting weapon spending as the best way to bolster the American economy. Its persistence, its persistence in doing so has more to do with an unwillingness to invest in other forms of job creation than with economic benefits of Pentagon expenditures. These realities did not prevent Peter Navarro, President Trump's chief advisor on trade and economic matters, from taking to the pages of the New York Times to praise arms production as a boon to employment in advance of Trump's visit to an army tank plant in Lima, Ohio. Navarro's central claim was that Trump's military buildup will create, quote, good manufacturing jobs and good wages. They just repeat these arguments over and over. And there, there's so many ways to create jobs, uh, infrastructure, renewable energy. There is a plethora of ideas out there that create better jobs, a more abundant number of jobs in a socially responsible manner than just producing, being a merchant of death, producing weapons to carry on the, the militarism of this country year after year. Give me a call at one eight. Seven seven eight seven one. Paul, let me know what you think about that. Today is uh, uh, September thirteenth, as I said, and it's there's a couple anniversaries that mark this date. First, the most important is September thirteenth is the 
marks the anniversary of one of the apparitions in Fatima of the Blessed Blessed Mother. And this was the apparition where she announced a miracle that would take place in October 13th, the miracle of the sun, where the sun came out of the sky and zigzagged and demonstrated to 70,000 people and people beyond even where the miracle, where the, the apparition was taking place. Uh, the veracity of the three little children in Fatima that were saying they they were they were having the, these apparitions, and these these took place over over six months, and culminating with the miracle of the sun, which was a miracle for all to see, with the sun coming out of the sky, zigzagging down. People thought it was the end of the earth, the end of the world. It was soaking. It was. Wet. There was all kinds of uh, puddles and soaking clothes because the the weather had been stormy and and uh, rainy all night and and there was uh, a lot of rain and people's clothes dried up and one witness said it, it looked as if the clothes had gone to the dry cleaner and it was instantaneous. So this is September thirteenth, the the apparition before the final miracle, where she announced that she would perform a miracle for for all to see. And this is really a, a quite remarkable. There've been there's been a lot of miracles throughout history, but this was in 1917 with journalists there and skeptics. And in the 20th century, a, a miracle in the 20th century of that magnitude is really something everybody in in a school should learn about this miracle, whether it's Catholic school or private school or a public school, because this is an historical event, and it's amazing that non-Catholics or non-Christians or in people in secular society wouldn't know. I mean, some many do, but wouldn't know about such a such an event that that occurred in in history in the 20th century. And I think every there's there's the classic movie that's about Fatima from I believe in the 1950s. It was made, but there's a recent one in the in the nineteen two thousand twenty two, I, I believe, entitled Fatima, detailing the events of the apparitions and the miracle of the sun. So I, I encourage you to check those movies out uh, and look further into Fatima if you if you're not aware of it. Of course, many of you are probably aware of or of that uh, historical miraculous occurrence in 1917. Another. Another anniversary that marks today is the 30-year anniversary of the signing of the Oslo Accords, which is really kind of, it's a sad day in many respects because the Oslo Accords were meant to be an interim deal on on route to a Palestinian, independent Palestinian state. And nothing came of it because the United States didn't pressure Israel to live up to its bargain, live up to its end of the deal. And he put the Palestinian, the occupied territories in these zones, A, B, and C, with Israel being having control over a large part of the territories, of the territories, and uh, to continue this occupation, this unjust occupation. And we're basically right where this conflict has, hasn't, hasn't gotten any better. It's the West Bank is still under Israeli military control. They go in whenever they want to any territory they want to oppress the Palestinians. They still have checkpoints. They still have closed roads to Jewish-only traffic. They have settlements that have continued to expand. And uh, no consequences. There's no consequences and for the United States to talk about a rules-based order and then just let Israel flout any UN resolutions, international law, to just flout it flat out is truly uh, remarkable, the hypocrisy. It's truly remarkable. I saw this story being detailed on Al Jazeera today with some interviews. I didn't see anything on CNN or MSNBC 
Maybe I missed it, but more than likely they're not covering it. Maybe a blip, but that's typical. That's typical. So I saw another poll. There was a poll, and I got to check whether this is a, a real poll. It says CBS YourGov poll, which CBS, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of fake things out there, but it looked legit. It was, there were a lot of comments on it, but the poll said that 48% of youth in the United States under 30, those under 30 supported U.S. troops going into Ukraine. I don't know if this is a true poll. I saw it covered a bit on YouTube, and I looked it up, and it says CBS, YourGov, and there were about 800 comments on, on the article, on the, on the poll. Someone called it a fake poll. I don't know if they meant it was actually a fake poll, or it was... Maybe uh, they didn't like the results and they just said, oh, it's a fake poll or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But if that's true, uh, it's not surprising. It's not surprising. There are a lot of people, uh, I don't say dumb or, you know, stupid, but they're distracted. There, There are just a lot of young people and people in general in our society that are distracted. Distracted by nonsense distracted by individualism self-centeredness distracted by media i mean when you had the counterculture in the 60s you had bob dylan and people making music about about things that mattered about the vietnam war and that was in large part due to the draft because students Young people didn't want to be shipped off to Vietnam to go to war, so it was directly relating to them. So when that was taken away, a lot of that motivation to get involved and to really be an activist got stripped away. Well, now we have a hedonistic culture in the media, in hip-hop, in pop music, and on on social media and there there's always the exception there are always an artist here maybe an artist there a song maybe here but the general general current and it's been like that for some time is individualism hedonism materialistic songs about how much wealth you've got how much uh womanizing Cars and fancy cars and fancy mansions and jewelry and and they're not talking about ideas and expressing ideas about uh, let alone love. You know the 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 romance has been sucked out of has been drawn out, stripped away from a lot of that culture from that music that that used to be there. But the social messaging about. Standing up for the least of these, standing up for justice, social justice, for peace, for thinking outside the box, for critical thinking. And the reason is these big music companies, television stations, social media companies don't want that. (laughs) They don't want that. They want you. They want the young people. The youth, 18, 20, 25, to concentrate on uh, hedonism, pure hedonism, individualism, and not to concentrate on social, making the world a better place, sticking up for justice. They want you to concentrate on being distracted, either hedonism or just being distracted, some science fiction you name it, video games. And what that allows for, what that allows for is for them, those that rule the country, the corporate interests that run this country, the weapons manufacturers, the uh, large corporate interests, to do whatever they want to do. And the politicians that do their bidding, 
They do whatever they want to do. And when a poll comes around and says you want to send troops, I highly doubt that that an 18 or your average 18, one out of two, 50% are going to want to be shipped off to go fight the Russian military. No, no. It's really, that's highly unlikely that that's what they want. They're living in, if that's the case, they're living in a fantasy land. They're living in a, a video game land. And so what you have is a system designed to distract, to dumb down. So for purposely, so these people can get away, get away with literally murder, get, a, get away with whatever they want to get away with overseas and domestically. As long as they put forth distractions and these people have video mindless video games to distract them and 10,000 movies on Netflix to keep them busy and music that has absolutely no message except for get yours and try to emulate some rapper or some artist that is telling you that they have this car and this woman and this this many women are, are chasing them and this and that piece of jewelry. It's a sad commentary on, on culture. It really is. Take a break and be right back. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for joining me here on Ion Global Politics Radio. It's 12.31 p.m. on Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I came across a funny story, well, a funny story, but an interesting story, and not really related to politics, but the gold find of the century in Norway. The Associated Press says a Norwegian man who he just basically wanted to get out, get some more exercise, so he got a metal detector 
And he discovered some rare coins. Nine pendants, three rings, and gold pearls, actually. And what was described at the, as the country's gold find of the century, the rare discovery this summer by 51-year-old Aaron Bohr on the southern island of Rensui, near the city of Stavanger. Bohr had bought his first metal detector early this year as a hobby after his doctor ordered him to get out instead of sitting on the couch. So he found these these items, and uh, under Norwegian law, objects from before 1537 and coins older than 1650, he um, said the gold associate, associate professor uh, Hankan Ryerson from the museum, um, the archaeological museum, at the University of Stavanger, said that the gold pen- pendants, flat, thin metals called bracterets, date from around 8500, the so-called migration period in Norway, which runs between 400 and about 550, when there were widespread migrations in Europe. The pendants and gold pearls were part of a very showy necklace that had been made by skilled jewelers and was worn by society's most powerful, he said. And details some of the other finds, the pendants, and the plan is to exhibit the find in the Archaeological Museum in Stavanger, about 200 miles southwest of Oslo. Old Madsen, the director of the museum, said so much gold at the same time is extremely unusual. This is the gold find of the century in Norway. It doesn't say whether the guy gets compensated or not. They took his find away. And, of course, it's historical significance for for the country, for archaeological, but it doesn't say whether he got any reward or anything uh, or he just had to hand it over. That would have been a good piece of information for the article for the Associated Press, did this guy get any money for his find of the century, or did he just hand it in? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to, I haven't looked past this article. Uh, so I'm going to actually look into that. He's just curious. I'm just curious. He His first time out there, he finds the gold find of the century, and he's required to hand it in. Did, he, did the Norwegian government throw him some some cash? It's a cash reward. I think it think it would be the right thing to do. Give him something. Give him some kind of cash reward. He has to hand over his, his find. You know, maybe he was probably pretty excited. His first time out there with a metal detector. People probably go out there for years and never find anything with metal detectors. You see them around the beach or in the park going, dee, 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 dee. probably find like so many Coke can tops and bottle fragments or can fragments cans or and uh this guy finds the gold find of the century so that's what i kind of am curious about did the guy get any reward what's his what's his uh take on it there's no quotes from him did he say well i'm just happy to find something for history is a history buff did he say I just, I'm glad to contribute to the the history of my country and I found something. Or did he say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I mean, I could use a little extra cash, although they got a good social system in Norway. So if it were in the United States and somebody without health care and living on food stamps, they might uh, need some reward just to get by. So, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, I came across another interesting article in the Los Angeles Times. The WPA artists told harsh truths of capitalism. And the WPA was this program in the New Deal era, Roosevelt's. It's called the Works Progress Administration. That was the key funding source for many of the artists that were allowed to paint depictions and do uh, make art that depicted the struggles of the Depression era. 
the homeless families or the struggling families. It shows a picture here. Three men huddle around a lit fire in an oil drum. An entire community of the dispossessed goes about its day here hanging hanging laundry or carrying water in buckets. They're mending a tattered shirt. A homeless family stands disconsolately um, stands there before their wrecked home. And so basically this article is saying that many of those images can be, would be images of today. They're, they're the same kind of things that are going with the massive homelessness and the poverty. But, but the funding was there for artists to show that, to, de- to depict it. But not today. Not today. There's no funding for this kind of art in our society. Cleared-eyed, truthful portrayals, the LA Times says, of American history and contemporary affairs have long been disfavored as beneficiaries of public funding. Though the movement to strip them out of classrooms, textbooks, and school libraries has seldom been as ferocious as it is currently. The anti-woke movement... So beloved of conservative Republicans would never accept depictions of an American underclass or questioning of the nobility of American capitalism today, nor would Democrats beholden to wealthy and corporate donors be inclined to fight for such funding. Many works are by artists whose heydays were in the 1930s and 40s, but who fell into undeserved obscurity as artistic fashion in the U.S. moved away from the humanism of their approach toward depoliticized, deliberately unrealistic, abstract modernism. We're going to talk more about this later in future shows. I think it's an interesting topic uh, because it really it really details, it's indicative of a, a society that, that, that is out of touch with reality. The, the general media, the media, those that run the art community or the music industry, they, like I said, it goes back to just wanting to distract and actually deny reality and kind of, so to speak, shove it under the rug, the, the shove the uncomfortable truths under the rug. And that's been going on for a long time. So whether that's not talking about what, what the U.S. military is doing abroad or what U.S. client states like Israel or Ukraine or going back to the death squads and the juntas in Central America in the 1980s, U.S. proxies, just not not detailing what what their crimes are. When the U.S. supports death squads that go and murder Jesuit intellectuals, capping off a decade of torture and terror at the hands of the CIA-funded death squads. And then these Jesuit intellectuals were murdered in El Salvador. And I believe it was 1990, 1991. Or the murder, rape of U.S. nuns in Central America at the hands of CIA-trained and funded death squads. Whether it's those kind of atrocities or the underbelly, the the reality of American capitalism in the United States with homelessness and, and child homelessness and child hunger and poverty. Those are not depic- depicted in the mainstream. They may be given a news blip here or some statistics here, but they're not depicted in art or culture in the mainstream. Instead, you have put in place a a, a flag-waving type of trumped-up, no pun intended, nationalism that's all about glorifying a mythic a mythology, a mythology of of greatness, 
And like I said, great, I've said this time and time again, greatness is not about what the best and the brightest or the top 1% or LeBron James or take a pick, take a celebrity, some celebrity that's held up in the aisles of the supermarket on the covers of magazines is some kind of model of or some kind of a hero. That's that doesn't make a country great to have a LeBron James just because the guy's six foot eight and can dunk a basketball from a great distance from the hoop and is a great basketball player. That doesn't make a society great. That's just taking someone who's very talented or has some God given gifts to to play a sport, giving him a lot of money while millions and millions of African American young men and women and children are living below the poverty line, many in prison for non violent offenses. And so, you know, you have this society that doesn't want to look at those uncomfortable truths, that reality, that everyday reality, that hard reality for not only black people, but Latino people and poor white people. And they made this into a, into into some kind of white versus black. On, on the conservative end, they're talking about anti-woke, and is it... Uh, and I even heard Tucker Carlson talk about a white genocide. No, this is not about race, really. It's it's about greed. At its core, it's not a, not a racial problem. Racism is always there. But it's... It's a greed problem. It's a it's capitalism on steroids. And yeah, the racism is is a real problem, but there are poor whites that are being you know disregarded in this country and poor people of all colors that are disregarded in this country. Let me know what you think. Uh, 1877871 Paul. It's it's just inter- it's interesting to see these artists and you compare the the art of yesterday in the 1930s and the pictures detailed in this article with with today. Yeah, I'm sure there I'm sure there are artists that are depicting that today, but they're not getting funded. That's the difference. They're not getting funded. They're not getting uh, media attention. We'll be right back.
And thank you for joining me today here on Iron Global Politics Radio. Been talking about art and culture and the media and distracting people away from really standing up for what is right, from getting involved, for being a, a good citizen of the world. And we talked about this poll with 48% of American youth under 30 saying that they would support sending troops to Ukraine, which is, in essence, starting World War III. Now, I said it was a CBS YourGov poll. Uh, I have to check on that. I, I saw the, the poll. I got to go further make sure that's an accurate poll. But um, I said it's not surprising. It's not surprising. These, these, anybody who answered in the affirmative on that is a fool. Is a fool, and you know, you you gotta blame the people that are pulling the strings, because these people under thirty that are answering yes, and there are people over thirty that probably answered yes, but to have forty eight percent, that's one out of two. Of course, fifty two percent said no, apparently, or or weren't interested in answering the poll. I don't know what the not interested uh, percentage is, or or didn't respond percentage of that poll is, but. 52% didn't say yes, but 48%, you know, that's that's people that are that are out of their mind in many ways, out of their out of touch with reality, just all about themselves. All about themselves. They're into their video games, they're into their movies, and they have no touch with reality and who's to blame? Who's to blame? Can you blame their parents? Well, who educated their parents? The school system, the media, the corporations that pollute their brains with with video games and movies that have no redeeming value and music that has no redeeming value. In many instances, just noise. Noise. Noise with a tune... Just uh, some someone yelling on tune with no message. No message, forget even politics, no message of love, no message of romance. Just yapping, whether it's singing or rapping, just yapping about hedonism. So people's egos can be fed, so they can imagine that they're a celebrity influencer, a celebrity, a star, that they too are going to have a big car with gold rims and women chasing after them and a big mansion or two mansions. Why not two? Why not five mansions? One in Florida, one in, one in, in Los Angeles, one in... in the Caribbean, one in the south of France, be a jet setter. Well, people are going hungry and without health care. Well, their country is creating proxy wars right under their nose, but they don't got the information. Because it, when they follow the news, they're so distracted by their little hedonistic bubble of pursuits in their mind from all the music and and trash movies that they watch and video games that they only have time to take a look at the mainstream media and say, oh, well, that's true. Wow. And then they call themselves informed. Or, Or they're poor in this country. They don't have time to watch Video get, do video games and watch movies. They they're working two or three jobs to feed their family, or to try to support their family. And in that case, they're so busy just trying to survive in this country that they don't have time for 
what's going on in in the other side of the world in Ukraine or or the other side of the country or the other side of town. They're just scraping by trying to survive. And that's a big percentage of of people in this country. They're just trying to survive. They're eating junk food because that's all they can afford. They're getting 99 cent meals at Wendy's and cheap food at Burger King with high fat content and fat and carbs because they can't afford vegetables and balanced meal at the grocery store. And they're just scraping by, trying not to get evicted, trying not to get evicted due to lack of rent money. Maybe they're steep high in medical bills and stressed out about a medical situation. Maybe they're Homeless, living in a car, trying to shower at a community college. So you have people that are either struggling to survive day to day, worried about what's going to happen next week or next month or three days from now, how they're going to get money to have basic nutrition or going to food bank, hoping the food bank doesn't close. Or you have people that are just distracted, distracted with mindless, mind-numbing entertainment. And they don't know the truth, what's going on. And then you have these politicians come around and they get this big platform to tell everybody what they're going to do for them. Most people don't really believe what what the words that are coming out of their mouth. And then you have the highly politicized, uh, I should say propagandized, political class in this country, or the professional class, the 20% professionals in this country, the, the political operatives, the media professionals, the professors... And boy, they're propagandized. They're told that this is the best system, or this system, uh, this is this is working. And basically, they're they're really propagandized because they start to believe their own rhetoric. And twenty percent, these twenty percent are highly propagandized in many ways, propagandizing themselves and the media self censorship because they know if they print what they saw in the West Bank, and they start talking about when they, they go overseas to see what's happening in, in Israel, if they ever do that, in the Palestinian territories, that their editors are not going to want to hear that. Their media bosses aren't going to want to print it, and if they insist too much, then they're going to be out of a job. So after time, they get to know what is acceptable for their media corporations, their quote-unquote culture. And it only takes a little while before they start self-censoring themselves and they say, well, no, I'm not going to even look there. Look somewhere else. Look at Republicans and Democrats and spew the language of what their corporate bosses want to hear. And it only takes a little while and they're self-censored. And then after a while, they start to believe their crap. Excuse my language. They start to believe their own propaganda. Because after all, it's paying their their mortgage and putting sending them on vacations. And they don't want to be one of those people eating 99 cent value menu meals to scrape by. They like their nice car and their nice vacations and nice house. And they don't want to be working as a freelance journalist, uh, scraping by in a uh, really low-income apartment to scrape by a living as a, as a freelance reporter speaking the truth. Same goes with the professors out there. And there are exceptions, but 
I think it was Carl Rogers said that, uh, I'll get the quote for you later, but it was along the lines of he never saw so much, uh, he was glad he never had to go through the tenure, the tenure process where he learned basically don't stick your neck out for anything. He saw people, they, they just don't stick their neck out for anything politically, for each other, for, for anything that's greater than themselves. Generally speaking, same idea. Self-censorship. They know what the academy wants and doesn't want. They know what the academic journals that give them these publication credits that five people in the world will read that pad their CVs so they can get a a job. Maybe 20 people in the world will read, or 30, maybe. And it pads their CV so they can be on their way to tenure, to have a job teaching the youth, teaching young minds about how the world works. Yeah. Not, Not likely. And then they start to, what happens is a lot of professors will start to rationalize. Well, you have to, you can't teach, you have to kind of put it in, pedagogy you have to be able to mold and let students come to their to their own conclusions and just give little hints here and little hints there yeah that's true you can't go in a, in a classroom and propagandize and tell students you have to make them think come to their own answers to ask questions but it's the material that is offered and the material that is left out to think about what if you want students to think about all sides, you got to give them all sides. And more often than not, all sides aren't given. No, because it's coming within a cultural framework. They think they're giving all sides, but you're dealing with with professors that come that come up within a a society, within a culture which they themselves have been propagandized as students, as graduate students, as doctoral students. That's not everybody, of course, but that's the general trend. That's the general what generally happens. How can you teach peace studies in an institution that's funded by a federal government that is involved in militarism year after year it's like biting the hand that feeds you do you think those that run your academic institution are going to want to let you semester after semester criticize or allow information for students to criticize the very system that pays the paychecks that provides the paychecks of the administrators and the those that run the institution So even if there's good good meaning professors out there that teach legitimate peace studies, and there are, there are, they're going against the overwhelming message of the system that says militarism and injustice perpetrated by the system is profitable for those that tap into it. And so I think that there's a lot to that. There's a lot to the fact that this system is set up and rigged in order to provide the narrative to allow people in power to continue to do year after year what they continue to do. To reap profits on the backs of, of on the back of militarism and inequality and injustice. And until people break that and have a counterculture that breaks that, and there was some of that in the 60s and 70s, but a lot of that was due to self-interest, self-interest because of the draft, then things aren't going to change, and they're only going to change from the outside. They're going to change when they... When the power structure, the power outside power gang up and 
say, stop doing that to the world. And I think that's that's what's happening. You're seeing China and other countries and Russia and China and Middle Eastern countries, Latin American countries coming together. They're coming together in order to say to the West, you know, your time is is done when it comes to trying to dominate the world. They want a multipolar world and we'll see how that's going. But that's that's what it's looking like is happening. Uh, kind of a ganging up, a kind of coming together of countries to try to stop that. Those people that are running this country from thinking they can do whatever they want around the world because the people of this country have not been able to stop them. The people of the West have not been able to stop them and say, hey, we don't want that in the world and done in our name. Only a small percentage have been able to voice and stand up consistently and say, no, but they're drowned out. They're marginalized. The peace activists, the the professors, the, the, the independent journalists, and they're just drowned out. They're drowned out by the the culture, the media, the, the system, the academic system. They're drowned out. And what happened, because you've you, the power brokers, have drowned voices of truth and justice out, with all the garbage in order for you to continue to do your, your dirt around the world and injustice, the powers around the world are coming together to put a stop to it. That's all we got today. As always, keep the faith. Everything will be okay if we have trust in God. Everything is passing. Save God. So keep your faith in God and keep praying. And as always, keep the faith.